This is the Inspector Alliance, and I am your host, Jeff Luther. I've owned a home inspection company for over 20 years. We operate in two different states, doing over $3 million in business annually, and we have, I think, full-time 15 inspectors running the roads out there right now, all full-time salaried employees. I'm here just to shed some light on some of the things I've done in the past, hopefully mistakes I've made that you can avoid and some of the things I've done that worked out really well for me. I just want to share. And if I can help somebody out there grow their business, then I would consider that a success. Our last episode, I touched just for two seconds about an opportunity that I had to speak to a local college here. We have the College of Charleston, where I live. And in the business school, they have an entrepreneurship program. And they invited me to come in and speak to a group of students one afternoon, which was an incredible opportunity. It was great. And as I mentioned before, I learned more in preparation than I did in that class. You know, you you learn by the things that you have to do. And as speakers, we always want someone to help us with our topic. You know, I think we get a little bit lazy. But the topic was what I would tell my 25-year-old self. So in that process, going through and talking to the students, now remember, this is an entrepreneurship program. So the way this whole thing kind of unfolds is you stand up, you tell a little bit about what you do. And in my introduction, I explained there was a home inspection company and kind of what we did. We go through and do an evaluation of of a property, generally in the course of a real estate transaction. We're kind of a third party observer. And a student raised her hand and said, well, tell me exactly when you do this. So, well, it's typically in the course of a real estate pr- transaction. We mostly work for buyers. She said, so you're doing real estate right now, basically. You're involved in the real estate business. Yes, that is correct. And so now remember, entrepreneurs. So the class kind of started talking about, oh, my gosh, I bet you're so busy. I bet you, you guys have really been killing it. I was like, well, let's wait a second here. Um, they all kind of thought I was leaving money in bags everywhere I went, right? So I started, all right, well, hold on just a second. First, let's talk about the the big issue right now. The So it was uh, November the November 2nd or 3rd, I think. So it was just a couple of weeks ago. And they had already started raising interest rates. So I mentioned that. So, you know, interest rates are up. Business has really come to a grinding halt for us. Um, It was already slow, but now the interest rates are up. Folks are less excited about buying homes, to put it mildly. Um, Then there's another piece I want to talk to you guys about. And I don't know about the other home inspectors out there in our listening audience, But one of the things that we have suffered from both in Atlanta and in Charleston is buyers foregoing their right for an inspection, just waiving the inspection altogether. So when I told the class about this, look, you know, you as a buyer, you want your offer to look much more attractive to the seller than other offers. So how do we do that? Any any ideas? And they said, oh, you know, you, you pay more money. And then some of them said, well, you pay cash, you know, you, then you have no financing and no one guessed that folks would waive their right for an inspection contingency. So when I told them this, that there were folks that actually were waiving their right for an inspection, they couldn't believe it. 
yeah, you know, it, think about it. It looks much more attractive. If I'm going to buy your house for 800000 somebody else wants to buy it for 850000 If I say, look, I'm going to pay you 800 but I'm not going to ask you to repair anything. I'm just going to come in and buy it, and I'll just take my chances. It's kind of like um, a crapshoot, right? They really couldn't believe it, and we it started a discussion. And then I started to listen. Pretty profound, right? There's the teacher, and I become the student. Uh, and I very much was the student. So I started to listen to what they were saying. And then I realized we really do currently have two different clients. So waiving that inspection right, when I started to listen to this, I realized that, that we have two different buyers. And I knew that we could deliver a much better product. We have the buyer on, the, on, on one hand that's just getting the inspection as a formality or maybe even calling and booking the inspection and and not getting it. So that's the buyer in the marketplace that doesn't really care about the inspection. They want the house. Let me let me sidetrack for a second here and kind of, uh, or sidebar, I guess. Let me kind of give my idea of what's happening out in the marketplace right now. Um, now, this is just, it's all hypothetical, but I can tell you I did see this. So, so I think I understand all this, but I just want to kind of say it out loud. Now, now it's, uh, it's November 2022. Last year at about this time, a home would get listed for $850,000. Buyers would scramble to put an offer in to purchase the house, right? So that's driving the price up to, to $850,000, sometimes a million dollars. So it might drive the price up $150,000 just in offers. And there are stories of folks getting 20, 30, 40 offers on a house on the day it goes on the market. So we're driving the price up for, for round numbers. Let's use an average. Let's say we drive the price up $125,000 over asking. Now, asking price is based on what they think the market will bear, right? So we're rushing our due diligence. We're foregoing a home inspection in this offer. So there's really no telling how much we're actually spending on this house. Now, we know as a home inspection company, based on our research with our firm, other firms in North America, we know that you can budget about 1% for repairs in that first year you own a home. And that does not include what you discover in the home inspection process that you might ask to be repaired. So we can safely say that they may have around $25,000 in repairs in the first 12 months of, months of ownership. So this house that started out at 850, we've bid it up to 975, let's say. Now we got another $25,000 in repair. So we have we have almost $150,000 in addition to that asking price, right? Stay with me. Remember that number, $150,000 over the asking price. So can we all agree that the average time spent in a home is about five years? Folks live in a house about five years before they move on, generally speaking. Currently, interest rates, I'm going to say they're 6.25. Just is a hypothetical number. If anybody with licensing or any of that kind of stuff is listening to me, this is a number I'm pulling out of the air. It's not an advertised advertised rate. I have a friend in the mortgage business. Um, hey, Beal, it uh, gets all over me when I even mention interest rates. Um, so let's hypothetically say interest rates are six point two five now. They were four point two five this time last year. We'll assume now. We're going to do some math. So that 2% difference with 10% down payment equates to about a $350,000 difference in interest 
over the life of a 30-year loan. So now we're going to go back to the five-year estimate of ownership. That's about a $55,000 difference in additional interest for the higher interest rate over the course of five years. So if it's $350,000 in interest over the life of the 30-year loan, it's about $11,000 a year. Typically, someone's going to live in the house for five years, so they're going to pay an additional $55,000 in interest over five years. Now, a year ago, we were willing to spend an extra $150,000 in our known cost, and who knows in our unknown costs, now we're not willing to spend an additional $55,000 in interest over the course of our home ownership because the government came in, told us they were going to increase interest rates to slow the real estate market down because it was just too hot. A real estate market that I will add, now this is not hypothetical, we know for certain that the real estate market nationally is oversold. So that's very interesting, right? Um, a year ago, when we didn't have this, this the, the government intervening, saying it was too hot and they were going to raise interest rates, we were doing everything we could to get into a house, even if that meant foregoing the inspection. So pretty interesting. I wonder what we'd do if our government came and told us that we needed to lock ourselves inside and wear a mask so we didn't get sick. I wonder how we'd react. Anyway, so back to back to the topic here. So these students made me realize that we had two different clients. We had the ones that, that were foregoing the inspection, uh, guns blazing, get into the house at all costs, didn't matter. Then we had a group that wanted the information, even if they knew they couldn't do anything with it. We had the group that wanted all the information. They wanted the inspection. They wanted our firm to do it. We're known for our due diligence. We're known for our detail. We're known for being the best. Then they wanted the radon test. They wanted the thermal imaging session. They wanted the sewer scope. They wanted indoor air quality. They wanted all this information. I started to realize we could do better. We could do much better. Um, there was a, a Spanish, this was in 1519, a, a Spanish conquistador, Hernan Cortez. Some of you may know the story. He, uh, he took 600 Spaniards over to an island in Mexico. What's uh, Veracruz is what we know it as now. Um, but they had thousands of Aztecs. This was the Aztec Empire, on the, and this island had thousands of the Aztecs. He heard there was a vast treasure on this island, and he was a conquistador. That's what he did. He wanted to go get the treasure. So he took his troops, and uh, they set sail on a voyage over to Mexico, and the purpose was to take this treasure. As they were on their voyage, it started to trickle through the troops. It started to be rumored that he wasn't confident in what they were going to do. As they were getting close to the island, this started to trickle back up to him. He heard the rumor, heard what they were saying, and knew that his confidence had been undermined. So as they got to the island, as they disembarked, he ordered all of their ships to be burned. And he told his troops they had two options. They were either leaving the island in the enemy ships or they were going to die there. <laughs> what do you think that did for the confidence that his folks had in him? I'd say he was pretty darn confident. Um, so here's what we're doing in our business now. Is uh, Those of you out there, we've all felt the slowdown. 
Uh, in our Atlanta market, the market overall is down uh, over 32% year over year currently. So pretty significant. It's trickling down into our inspection business. We're going out, we're getting market share, but our business is still down. That's no secret. So here's what we're doing. We're investing back in our company. We're already the best and we're going to be even better when this thing turns. It's going to turn probably quicker to the upside than it did to the downside. And we want to be ready and we want to be better. So we've invested in what we call an excellence report. Um, we have a, a rating that we aspire to, a 98% accuracy rating. And that means just what it says. When we go out and do an inspection, we want it to be 98% or better, meaning that uh, there's nothing that is an avoidable callback or complaint or an avoidable mistake. And that could be any number of things. Could be that they called back because the dishwasher leaks. Could be that we broke a vase. Anything that's avoidable, we don't want to do. Some things are just unavoidable. But we have invested in, in this process, which has been a big investment. We've had to have the manpower to mine this data on a weekly basis. We have to have the manpower to actually disperse the data to get it out to our folks, to our both our office people and out to the inspectors. Then we have to do something about it. We have to put training in place to improve this accuracy rating every week. So we have to have training and training in place to make sure these things don't happen again. For example, if um, if we get a callback that the ice maker doesn't work, and we know that ice makers are not part of our process, we probably need to go in and figure out one: do we want to do we want to invest in more information up front? to say that we don't do ice makers? Do we want to invest in uh, a fund to pay for claims that come in when we have a complaint about ice makers? Or do we want to go through a whole new training process and train our inspectors to look better at ice makers? So it sounds small on the front end, but internally it's a big deal. And internally we hold ourselves to a much higher standard than when than we publish externally. Um, we started including thermal imaging in all of our inspections. This is a huge investment for us. We had to send someone to school to get their level one thermography training, then come back and write a process that lived up to our, ins to our inspection standards internally, that was a pretty big deal. Um, then we had to invest in thermal imaging equipment for all of our inspectors to be able to carry and do all these thermal imaging inspections while they're on the report. It was a huge investment. We even have an inspector that's colorblind. He couldn't see all the fancy little colors in the standard thermal imaging cameras, which are about $3,500 a piece, we had to invest an additional $6,000 in this one inspector to make sure he could do what we were doing internally in our thermal imaging process. We have our own sewer scope department now. We went out and bought sewer cameras. So now we have the capacity to, on a whim, be able to pull that camera out, do a sewer scope for clients. It sounds as glamorous as it is. It's sending a camera down a sewer line. Um, but clients want that information. And in both areas, in Charleston and in South Carolina, we work with a lot of older homes and sewer lines are a buried line. You can't do any visual inspection on it. So sending that sewer scope down there is a big deal. It's a, it's a big part of the inspection. We doubled down on our radon department. We have invested in new monitors. Our old ones are good. Our new ones are great. They're much better. They're much more reliable. They actually now give us more insight and give us more information beyond just the radon test, but the conditions of the home as well. So we're investing in that equipment. We didn't have to do that. That's a huge investment for us, 
when times are tough, um, when business is down, usually what people want to do is kind of huddle up. We're doing the opposite. We're going out and, uh, and reinvesting. We started our own indoor air quality assessment program. That's the really mold testing, basically. I'm not a huge proponent of it, but we have clients that are asking us to do it. So we're investing. And I'll tell you, with that sewer scope department, we did have an, uh, someone come to us with a job posting that we had for an inspector and wanted to be an inspector. Great fit organizationally, but might, maybe not the best fit for an inspector. And we created a whole new job for this person. We created a job with sewer scopes. And, uh, and this guy runs it and is doing an amazing job at it. And twofold, right? So now we have that sewer scope department, but we also have created a job we're contributing. So I feel really great about that. Um, the indoor air quality program has been going well. So all of these things that we're doing, we're reinvesting. I am totally committed. We were the best already. And we're going to come out on the other side of this thing even better. And I'll tell you this. I know that beliefs turn to things. So I'll challenge you. Always pick the good ones, right? If belief, beliefs turn to things, I'm picking the good ones. Um, so I am, I'm committed. We're reinvesting. I am burning the ships. That is our, that is our mantra for 2023. Burn the ships. There is no turning back. Again, I'm Jeff Luther. If you like what you heard here, please click that button and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next time. Go kill it. <laughs>